Punk Stars, and welcome to the Rat Hole. This is your host, Commissioner Zach Eichten, along with my esteemed colleague, guest, and friend, team owner of the Lock Flopstas, John Stevens. Yes. Uh, as the name indicates, I am at an all-time low right now after losing my fourth straight game after winning the first two. Are you considering changing your last name to Bellion? No, I'm not. Should I be? It's an all-time low. Oh, that's a good point. Maybe. <laughs> I could be the John Bellions. You, I was talking about like your last name. But no, I would never change my last name in my life. But I could change my team last name to be the Lock Bellions. Has a real the flop, interesting ring. The Flop Tellions. That's it. The John Flop Tellions. No, I like the the Flop Tellions. The, the flop, the flip flop Tellions. I think you nailed it. Got it in one. Yep, it was great. Um, yeah, definitely a tough week for for you, John. Um, I, you know, just just some some bad luck uh, on your part for sure. Um, although I think you ended up having the third lowest score on the week. So yeah, it was another relatively high scoring week for the league in general. And yeah, I'm pretty sure you're right about that actually. So I, I can't complain too much. It wasn't like my matchup was unbeatable or anything this week. I just didn't do enough. I don't know. Yeah. It, it's definitely been, been tough for you. Um, you know, as of, as of right now, um, think you you're pretty low right now on percentage of max points achieved um i'd be shocked if i wasn't the lowest at this point uh you are the lowest at 81.89 percent of your max points achieved um lucas still somehow in first place on that with uh 90.25 percent of this max possible points achieved to this uh this season so far um i will say the one bright spot for the uh the lock flop teleons is that I did actually move into the playoff picture. I'm now in the playoffs, even though I lost. I went up a spot in the rankings this week. Yes. So, you know, congrats maybe to not you on that. Um, but let's get into uh, how we got there. And let's, uh, we can start with your matchup here, uh, John. Oh, you wow. versus Jackson, Jacks off um, 120.4, falling to Josh 127.18. Um, despite some, uh, some sort of poor performances here from uh, folks like Lamar Jackson and scary Terry. Yeah. I, I just, I can't believe that Noah Fant had, I don't know. I looked away for one second and Noah Fant had like seven points in the fourth quarter. And then all of a sudden I open it back up and I see that Josh is suddenly projected like 99% to win. I'm like, what the hell just happened? Yep. And then evidently Noah Fant must've got like a big touchdown or something because all of a sudden he has 20 points. So between Fant and Cup, that was pretty much like half of his team's production. I mean, yeah. the rest of his team did not really play to win, to be it, frank. Yeah, and to be I'd frank, to you'd have to change your name. Yeah, but I mean, Josh is in here uh, playing both running backs from Dallas. Um, that, that was the type of lineup he's starting. That, um, but, John, I just want to really want to get your take. Obviously, you know, Kareem Hunt going, on, going to the IR. That's tough right after Nick Chubb was out. He's going to be out again this week. Um I really want to get your take though on Mike Williams and what are you going to do with prison Mike here? Well, I unfortunately don't really have an option uh, in terms of what I will be doing with him next week because he is 
I'm by. That's nice. Um, I'm really hoping that he collects himself over the bye um, and plays better because if I sit him on my bench again, he will for sure go off for like 20 plus points. Guaranteed. I know that. So my only chances at this point is for him to just put up like maybe 10 points when I play him, or maybe I just have to trade him. It could just be like a, a scheme thing. He doesn't really fit in well with the rock flops does the rock flops does. The rock flop tellions. The, the rock flop tellions. Yep. So I don't know. I I am beyond disappointed with Mike Williams at this point in two of the weeks, and I'm beyond. <clears throat> excuse me. I'm beyond disappointed in my decision to not play him in the one week that he went off, and I would have won that matchup if I started him. So yeah. that's always tough. Um, I did want to get your take on one more on one more player on your team here, Darren Waller. Um, Darren Waller has been, you know, a consistent player here, um, currently tight end four in PPR rankings, but, um, has only broken into double digits twice over his six weeks this year. What's your thoughts on the, on your keeper? Yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm not really disappointed in Darren Waller because he's doing what he can with the targets that he's getting. Yep. Um, it's just for whatever reason, like in the first week, he had a crazy amount of targets. Um, and then John Gruden, former coach former ridiculed coach of the uh, Las Vegas Raiders disgraced disgraced at that time said, Oh yeah, no, no plan on changing. We're just going to keep targeting them. And then ever since then, they just haven't done that. So I don't know if Gruden maybe like showed the cards too early and then teams are like, you know what, we should probably pay a little bit more attention to that guy or what happened, but I don't know. I I think it's going to come around for him eventually. I think it's a matter of time before uh, the Raiders, you know, realize what they're dealing with. I mean, people on the Raiders coaching staff have said that they believe he's a top 10 player in the NFL period, regardless of position. I don't know if I necessarily agree with that, but you would think when you have a guy like that on your team that you're giving such high praise, you would want him to get him, you know, more involved in the offense. Yeah. So I'm not really sure what's going on in Las Vegas with Darren Waller. Yeah, definitely, definitely tough to see there. But uh, let's move on to our next uh, game here, which is the Gluten Freaks versus the Dog Sniffers. Um, Freaks taking the win, uh, moving Zach to eight and three all time against wow. Thomas. Thomas and I have still never met in playoffs. Um, I remember that from from last week, but. Um, much like Aaron Rodgers uh, might say about the Packers, I own you. Wait, Thomas, wait. He owns the Bears. Yeah. You said he owns the Packers. Well, he owns them too. Well, he may be a minority stakeholder, like many other Wisconsinites that own stock in the Packers. Own, yeah. Well, he owns somebody. And he tried to own the Packers this offseason. And did it not. turns out that he is actually still owned. Yes, correct. Yeah. Um, but much like the Bears, two Aaron Rodgers get owned. Um, great, great game from the Josh Allen, number one quarterback, played this week. Um, kind of a low score for the number one quarterback, to be honest. But it's actually, um, the uh, number two quarterback, excuse you, behind Patrick Mahomes, which doesn't seem possible, but he is. <laughs> I was talking about this week. Like the highest. Oh, I player. thought you were talking about overall. Well, you can't just say number one quarterback. I said this I just, week. Oh, I didn't hear that. Okay, fair enough. Right, I'll cut that. No, you don't need to cut that. I can own my mistake. I'm sorry. Yeah, Josh Allen played well for you, though. Uh, he played fine. I was uh, obviously disappointed in my boy, uh, Austin Eckler. Um, that tough, tough uh, performance there against Baltimore. But when you go down that quickly, yeah. nothing you can really do for your running back there. Um, 
And, you know, the rest of the team, yeah, they did fine. I, I was disappointed in my, uh, in my flex play, um, should have played, you know, Daryl Williams, um, yep. <laughs> or Marvin Jones or JD McKissick, any of them, basically. any of them. Um, but Emmanuel Sanders did fine. Um, and yeah. Thomas's team here, I am, man, I don't really know what to think about Thomas's team yeah. at this point. I mean, well, one last thing to say about your team. I thought it was good to see Cook come back and basically pick up right where he left off and yes. basically left where Madison left off. Um, but then jumping over to Thomas's team, one of two teams, you know, maybe bonus fun fact, I cannot imagine that we've ever had two teams start two running backs from the same team in their lineup in the same week. And the funny thing is, if Nick Chubb played, I was very strongly considering doing the same thing. Yeah. We could have very easily seen three teams start two running backs from the same NFL franchise, which I think would be pretty crazy. That'd be, that'd be bananas. I think even, like I said, even just two teams doing it has got to be a first for our league and probably something that many other leagues have not tried before. So be interesting to see if that strategy sticks around for those teams, you know, kind of worked for Josh didn't work so great for Thomas, but you know, Thomas didn't, as we've noted throughout the entire season, Thomas just really doesn't have many options at running back. So he's really, you know, scraping the bottom of the barrel for the guys that he can put into those spots. Yeah. And then of course you have your Tom Brady who finally had sort of a down game. Um, and you know, the, really the one bright spot on this team um had to be Cole Beasley somehow which that is not a great look <laughs> for your starting lineup and when Cole Beasley is really the only one leading the way you know Mark Andrews had yeah. a great had a great game for a tight end I will say good job Mark Andrews but Travis Kelsey still the number one I I guess I was kind of just expecting more yeah, this guy this year he hasn't been going crazy this year but he's been putting up consistent production I'm more impressed with even though you know he's tight end two on the season, I'm more impressed with Mark Andrews because I thought there was going to be four guys in front of him for that second spot. Oh, yeah, going into the season, and he has shown back up as the very clear tight end two so far this season. Uh, and the, the only other final note I had on Thomas's team is I think it is really beginning to get very concerning with Keenan Allen because Keenan Allen is a guy that relies heavily on volume. Um, he's getting that volume, but he's not necessarily making a ton of catches. Maybe he should be making more catches, but I'm just really surprised. I really thought Keenan Allen would be like a top five wide receiver going into this season. Maybe not top five, but for sure top 10. And he's not even in the top 20. So definitely a little bit of panic, I think, setting in probably for Thomas about a guy that was supposed to be like one of his two best players going into this season. Yeah, I'm, I'm just looking at Thomas's team right now, and I'm I'm a bit worried about the keeper ability of the most <laughs> of this of this squad. So uh, probably have to be making some moves to uh, you know keep the season alive and get some keepers going here. Yes. Um, let's move over to our next matchup here. Um, the Googled team names versus worse than trash. Uh, Sam are taking the loss, um, and I believe getting the lowest score on the week. Um, with his 101.56 performance to Tony's 125.54. Yeah, for Sam or DJ Moore kind of came back to earth the last couple of weeks. Um, I saw something on Twitter today that Carolina had the easiest schedule so far. 
and has the hardest remaining schedule. So I don't think that bodes very well for DJ Moore, who was already starting to kind of trend back downwards from his really hot start. Um, Kyler Murray continues to play very well, be an MVP candidate. And then the one really shocking one this week was Leonard Fournette. Playoff Lenny, as I like to call him, if he can even put up half of that production, he will be probably one of the best picks from this year's draft because – Absolutely. This is this is by far the shining star on Samer's team this year is is Fournette, who has very obviously taken that number one role um, in in oh, Tampa yeah. Bay as as the running back. It was a real time share with with Rojo in the past. Uh, keeper confirmed uh, Ronald Jones. Um, but, you know, getting 22 carries, getting six targets and catching them all. Yeah, this guy really just did the work and has done the work over the last three weeks. Um and I'm definitely excited to see, <laughs> excited to see uh, where he can go. Um, yeah, that's Fitz. Fitz is also here co-hosting with us, everybody. So um, if you hear some whining, um, it is because he had picked Sam um, in his <laughs> in his prop bet to go all the way to the playoffs this year, and so far with two and four, um, that doesn't look like it it will be happening. I was really surprised to see that Sam didn't start either of his Vegas running backs going into this week. I think Drew had mentioned that he was curious if it was because they were playing Denver. And I was equally confused by that. I mean, either guy that he would have picked between Jacobs or Drake would have been an upgrade from his flex in a pretty big way. Um, Probably not enough to make a difference in the matchup, but it was pretty surprising. So I'll be interested to see if Sam moves back to at least putting one of those guys in the starting lineup going forward again, or maybe he'll be another team that starts two from the same yeah. yeah, same team. So we'll have to see. Absolutely. Uh, and I, I do want to talk about Tony's team. And I, I know this this season in particular, um, the hosts on the rat hole have been very kind to Tony's team. Um, and I want to continue that level of kindness here oh. today. And Tony's getting some kindness, but he is also getting a beating from me today. Yeah, well, we'll, we'll get to that in a second. Um, but from from Tony's, uh, this is by far Tony's best start um, it, through through six weeks. Um, ever in and, he's, in and he's three and three and he's three and three but he's his actual play here has been has been really really good um he's only scored less than 114 points once he's hasn't scored below 100 this year and through six weeks this is the first time he's been averaging over 120 points yep. um definitely a great start um for this rebuild rebuilding team um i i think that tony this this should be the first year if Tony's able to keep up this level of production, very consistent, he should be able to make playoffs if he's able to keep it up. Yeah, I mean, Tony has the consistency this year. His team is routinely putting up somewhere between like 110 to 125 points, which is like yeah. a really good range to be in. It does concern me a little bit that his team hasn't shown the ability to break through and get something more in like 140 or 150 range. So that's a little concerning to me, but that level of consistency is going to lead to him having maybe a slightly above average record, which should certainly get him in the playoffs. So I think Tony is on a good pace. He obviously struck gold with Najee Harris going into this season. He's been going absolutely crazy. You know, the youth strategy for Tony is certainly paying off. Um, the one guy that has made an immediate negative impact on this team, that was Mike Evans. Yes. And I cannot comprehend how Tony traded away Stefan Diggs for Mike Evans. I know we got some other pieces as well, but 
it truly baffles me. You just look at Stefan Diggs' numbers through the first five weeks. He was getting good production. Oh, not yeah. great, but good production. Still room to go up. And they also only had one touchdown through the first five weeks. So it's like his production, in my mind, was only ever going to go up the rest of this season. I don't necessarily think he'll be maybe like a top three wide receiver like a lot of people thought he would be like going into the season. But I certainly think he will be in the top ten wide receivers for sure. And I can't really say the same for Mike Evans. I know Mike Evans has had a pretty good start to the season, but splitting all those targets between himself, Antonio Brown, who looks really good, Chris Godwin, and then Gronk when he comes back in the red zone, I just think that Mike Evans is always bound to kind of be a boomer bust player. So I don't know. The move for me really didn't make sense for a guy that Tony was so difficult trying to trade for Diggs for the last year. Yep. And now he just let him go, you know, relatively easy in my opinion. So I was really, really surprised by that. Yeah. yeah that, that was, um, I think, you know, I made a move similar getting rid of my top receiver um, that, you know, looking back. Yeah. But you got Delvin cook. Well, yes, I did. <laughs> uh, but Dean is better than Stefan. So, I mean, I mean, they've been about the same this season. Maybe Dean's yeah. been slightly better, but Delvin is not a slightly better player than Mike Evans. That is well. That, <laughs> okay, that's true. Um, I will. I will just say that I'm. I'm very pro Tony this year. Um, I think he's got the pieces in place to actually make playoffs for the first time in his Pong Stars career. Um, and I'm. I'm just really excited to see where this uh, where this kid can go uh, as we move on. But uh, let's let's go over to our next uh, our next matchup here which is our highest scoring matchup of, uh, well, close to our highest score, of the gruesome grinders versus the imposters, um, with Drew taking a commanding victory mm. after a what appeared to be a toss-up for a lot of the night. Yeah, well, I mean, first of all, Lucas jinxed himself very hard. So bad. Um, I hope he learns from that mistake. He says that it was like a, a higher-level play because he locked Drew to win. I don't believe it. I mean, obviously the Rocco Memorial trophy is important, but it's not near nearly as important as the championship trophy. So I think that was him kind of hiding his uh, sadness for, Oh, for jinxing himself. But uh, on the other side of things, uh, Drew might think this is a jinx, but I'm just going to come out and say it. And if anybody gave me right now, Drew versus the field to win the regular season title, I would take Drew 100% of the really Drew's team is in my opinion, so much better, so much better than any other team in the league. He really, outside of Antonio Gibson, doesn't have too much injury trouble like in the current moment. Derrick Henry has just been unstoppable yep. this season and also just getting 30 carries a game and not showing any sign of injury or anything. Like Nick Chubb got 20 carries a game for a few games, injured. And every other running back that gets you know, Christian McCaffrey, any other running back recently that has gotten that kind of workload has just immediately had some sort of nagging injury. So to see Derrick Henry just continue to put up the type of production that he has, it's truly amazing that he's able to withstand that. But if he is, which we should have no reason to believe he isn't, you know, Drew, I think is going to just stroll to the regular season title this year. Yeah, you know, it's it's been absolutely uh, crazy to, to watch, um, as, as this has happened. I mean, just for comparison on Derrick Henry, just the absolute dominance 
Derrick Henry, by far the number one running back this year, currently has 162.1 fantasy points this year. Austin Eckler, RB2, has 115. Yeah, that's, that's it's outrageous. That's crazy. It's insane. Um, and then and the, you know, the field gets a lot closer. Zeke is number three this year, which good for him. Um, but it's it, it is legitimately frightening going up against oh, yeah. Derrick Henry. Ten uh, touchdowns already. Something that surprised me a little bit is he's like ever slow, so slightly a little bit more involved in the pass game. It seems like so. I mean, if he keeps up his pace with receptions and targets this season, I think he would surpass his numbers in previous seasons, most yeah. recent seasons for sure. So Derek Henry's just looking like a total unstoppable force. You know, he's still got the, the Patrick Mahomes, Tyree kill duo who, you know, Tyreek's been very boomer bust. And then Patrick Mahomes hasn't played very great, but he's still the number one fantasy quarterback. Yep. And then he just picked up Stefan Dix. So for Mike Evans. For Mike Evans. Uh, so, yeah, I don't know. I, I just don't really see – I really don't see Drew's team slowing down anytime soon. Yeah, and uh, the the number one uh, sort of, you know, fun spot, I think, on this team right now is Antonio Brown. Just, yep. like, having, having this guy who has put up, you know, just around 20 points uh, three of the last six weeks is, you know, that's a fun player to have on your team. I mean, it's a very boomer bust team. Um, I think Hill Diggs, and Antonio Brown, all a boomer bust. And then for some players, it's just boom. Um, we're, I'm yeah. the only, the only part of this team right now where I'm a little bit worried is that RB two spot. If Gibson has a nagging injury um, that keeps him out for a few weeks, but given the rest of this team, not too worried. Lucas's team on the other hand, I might have to say the F word about Lucas's team. Do it. I'm calling Lucas out. He's a bunch of frauds. <laughs> I'm not buying the Lucas hype. His team has been simultaneously simultaneously unlucky and lucky this season. He's had some injuries to deal with, but it seems like every player that he's picked up and put into his lineup has either been very good or at least giving him the production that he needs. Um, Adam Thielen concerns me. In the two weeks that Adam Thielen hasn't had a touchdown, he only had five and six points. I know that Adam Thielen has gotten a lot of touchdowns throughout his career, but I think I've said it before. You just have to think that at some point he's not going to get touchdowns on a weekly basis, and that will drastically hurt his production because Jefferson's getting way more targets. So I don't know. I just, I was never super big on Lucas's team, and it's just, very surprising to see how many things have worked out for him in, in his favor in terms of the players he's picking up. Yep. I'll just be curious to see if, you know, the score Daryl Patterson's of the world will be able to continue their dominance or if they're a little bit more of a fluke. Yeah. Just the, the one um, piece of this team that I still just really love Daryl Henderson. Mm-hmm. I, I will say props to Lucas for, having the foresight to get him on your team and have him sit down <laughs> as a keeper uh, prior to the, to the Cakers injury. I mean, he's missed one week uh, this year. He missed, he missed week three with an injury, but every other week he's been at 14 points or above and he's got a, he's got a pretty nice schedule over the next couple of weeks uh, with Detroit and Houston coming up. Uh, he gets to play Jacksonville later. Um, and then, you know, I, I'm really, I'm really excited about this guy. I think that I think that he is going to be a piece. Um, I'm yeah. I mean, I, if you were to tell me that uh, two of Lucas's running backs were in the top ten 
for running backs this season, and neither one was Saquon Bar- Barkley, I would have slapped you in the face. There's just <laughs> no way on earth that I would have thought that that was possible, but both uh, Henderson and Scordero are both, I believe, in the top 10, which is really just crazy considering neither of those guys were really even a thought for a keeper until the, you know, Caker's injury. And then obviously the, uh, you know, mega brain move from Lucas to pick up Scordero. So, yeah. Definitely, definitely a mega brain move there. Um, unfortunately, couldn't quite get the dub. Um, you know, that's what happens when you run into Derrick Henry. And jinx yourself. And jinx yourself so bad, like incredibly bad. But uh, that's the way Cookie crumbles. Lucas, four and two. Um, I believe that's um, more wins than he got last year. Total. Yeah, it is. He's surpassed his one total from last season. So congrats, congrats to Lucas on that. Um, yeah, he had, well, he had four total wins, I guess, if we include postseason, um, to, to give Thomas the, (laughs) the, (laughs) the plop award. So, uh, uh, but that is, that is that. So, uh, we'll see how this, how this shakes out. Uh, finally our game of the week, which I was criticized for picking on this program by my co-host last week. Oh yeah. I like to criticize you on your game of the week picks as well. Yeah. But this just is because you go more on historical matchup. I feel where oh, absolutely. I'm kind of thinking the game of the week should be like the most pertinent matchup in the yeah. week for this season, but you're always going back to the history, which I do love, especially when there's, you know, hardware on the line, like there was this week. Yep. And the hardware of course was Brennan Swan snagging that big man trophy. It's the big boy yeah. trophy from Randy's Donuts um, with a decisive 146.8 to 120.7 victory led by um, his receiving core here pretty much of CeeDee Lamb, Dean, and Mike Jasicki. Yeah, I was uh, very surprised to see Brennan's team go off this week. Uh, Damian Harris also had a pretty good week, so that's a bright spot for uh, the spring chickens. Although overall, I'm still feeling very down on uh, Brennan's running back specifically, especially after he traded away cook and Carson is still on IR. So until Carson comes back, his running back situation is going to be pretty shaky, but if his receivers keep putting up the numbers like they did this week and Dak Prescott keeps playing like a MVP candidate, he should still be able to get some wins. So we'll see. Yeah, um, I, I definitely am. Uh, I kind of, quite frankly, shocked at um, at how that game turned out here um, with Brennan taking taking the victory. Um, I will say I, I want to criticize Noel a little bit mm. um, in some of his decisions here, as we talked about on this program before. Revenge games against the former Jaylen team Waddle. is is so critical that you're playing those guys. Uh, Jalen Waddle on the bench for 24 points um, and Damian Harris in the lineup and did a great job as as that uh, running back uh, centerpiece for Brennan. Um, definitely questionable decision there um, from Noel. But of course, he wasn't helped out by the likes of um, Herbie only getting 11 points in there whooping against Baltimore Canarius Tony leaving in the first quarter. Um, these are just the types of things that um, they're definitely hard to overcome. Uh, yeah. Here. Uh, Jonathan Taylor looking actually surprisingly good. Um, sort of started the season a bit slow, but in his last three weeks, he's averaging like 25 or so points, which is like almost on par with Derrick Henry and like Najee Harris. Yep. So he's probably, he probably is like the running back three, after you know week four or something but he has been 
pretty surprising to me. Obviously, the news a couple of weeks ago that Indianapolis was looking to trade Marlon Mack is also beneficial. Yes. And, you know, he's also had Jonathan Taylor's also had weeks where he's had three, four or five targets. So that wasn't something that, you know, people were kind of expecting him to get like Derrick Henry like targets going into this season. And it seems like he's at least somewhat involved in the passing game, which helps out the floor for running backs. So definitely kind of the lone bright spot for, uh, for this team right now. Yeah, I, I definitely, I mean, a little bit of a caution there. He was playing against Houston. Yeah. So just, just be aware of that, but, um, but 30 against Baltimore in the previous week. Yeah. When so. Austin Eckler is only getting 7.5 in the same against mm-hmm. the same defense there. So, uh, definitely interesting to watch, um, how, how this moves forward. I think Noel has, um, I think Noel has the pieces more than we thought he did to potentially uh, get further into the season than we thought. I think he has a playoff contending team, um, especially just like looking at our standings here when we have, uh, what is it? Five teams that are two and four. Um, it's, it's still anybody's game at this point um, for you. Yeah, I still feel very positively about Noel's team. And I think he is a playoff team at this point. It's just a matter of, it's getting to the point now where, where his team and many other teams just have to win games. Like, yep. So, you know, this one, for example, you know, something like this happens again where he scores 120 points and doesn't win. It's just going to start hurting more and more. So you just, I guess at a certain point, you, all you can do is put up the points that your team can, but you kind of just have to hope that the matchups fall your way when you're, you know, only two and two and four through six weeks, you got some ground to make up. Definitely some ground to make up there, but uh, speaking of, uh, you know, things we got to do. We got to get over to the fun fact of the week. So this week's fun fact of the week here, um, we're going to be talking about just the absolute volatility of our, of our teams here this, this week. Um, John, just without, without looking, who do you think is the most, uh, who do you think is the most consistent team this year? Um, well, based on our discussion earlier, and since I already said it, well, I'm going to say it's either Tony or Drew. Uh, I'll say Tony because we talked about it earlier, but I think Drew could also be in that conversation. Yeah. And and you are, you are correct. It is Tony. So actually fun fact, uh, little bonus here is standard deviation is now in the database uh, for uh, folks to be able to go take a look at how, how far off the mean um, your team typically is Um, just a quick check on volatility. Tony, you are correct. Is the lowest um, uh, deviated team here uh, with just a very consistent team um, averaging, like I said earlier, 120.56 points per week. Um, and he's only deviating off that 8.47 points per week. Wow. Um, extremely consistent team. Um, and it's it's been uh, very fun to watch. Um, I come in second, actually, oh. with uh, 8.91 points off my mean of 119.79. Uh, uh, who do you think is the most um, volatile team, mm. John? I would say probably the spring chickens. Uh, you would be correct. Brennan and the spring chickens are averaging 112.65 points per week. However, four of the six weeks um, have been 101.48 or less. (laughs) Um, So definitely uh, some very high scores 
um, bringing that average up and uh, standard deviation of 26.55 points. Um, so, you know, uh, 20, 27 points almost uh, swing uh, from week to week off the mean. Yeah, you know, what a shock. I think we've perfectly diagnosed that the entire season that Brennan's just a boomer bust steam. It's yep. always been the MO and now we have stats to back it up. Real science and math. Yes, I, I do love, uh, love stats. Uh, and just, I'll, I'll go down the list here really quick. Um, Noel is uh, second most volatile. We're going to go from most volatile to second or to least volatile. Um, Noel comes in second. Then we have Lucas coming in third. Um, then we have uh, some pretty close ones here of Thomas and Drew coming in at uh, at uh, fourth and fifth here. Um, in sixth, uh, it gets it gets a lot lower uh, as we start here. John comes in sixth. Uh, Josh is in seventh. Eighth coming in at Sam, and then of course Zach and Tony at nine and ten. Hmm. Um, Interesting. Sam is consistently bad. <laughs> Sam is consistently. <laughs> Sam has the lowest average uh, points for uh, week to week, um, but he is a lot closer to um, towards that average week to week than somebody like the spring chickens is. So uh, interesting to see. Um, we'll see how this progresses. Obviously, um, of course, anybody can always check out these uh, these statistics, um, such as a standard deviation. Um, the percentage of max points achieved, your points against uh, who you play, your historic rivalries, all that jazz uh, in the Pong Stars database uh, located on the website. So feel free to check that out. It's free. Bonus fun fact. This is only relevant to Zach and I, but I started the season 2-0 and and have since gone 0-4. Zach started the season 0-2 and, and has since gone 4-0. and that is a fun fact. It's not a very fun fact for me, but I, it's all I can think about lately because I think Zach and I's <laughs> teams are kind of on a similar level. And yeah. I'm just like, man, I am. I wish I was Zach right now. I, I wish I started 0-2 so I could be 4-2 and right now. Yeah, there's there's some – man, I, ranking teams this year has actually been really tough, I will say. I think that this, this year especially has had um, some – interesting teams having better scores yes. than anticipated and some teams who should be scoring higher, just not getting wins. Yeah. I think like the two that stick out to me are obviously Noel and myself widely regarded as two of the top, you know, three or four teams going into the season and are both two and four. Yep. And then you got Lucas's team uh, widely regarded, you know, one of the weaker teams, but is four and two you know, almost, almost five and one if he didn't jinx himself. So, I mean, it is definitely, and then Tony's team is playing well, but you know, three and three, but it's definitely been challenging kind of our understanding of this league dynamic historically, as we've had a little bit, like you said, some teams creeping up and some cream, some teams that are usually at the top creeping down. So. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's, it's been, it's been interesting to, to see. Um, all right. It is time to go over to one of my new favorite segments and that is bets that nobody really really cares about
here. Glad we all made it. Um, thanks for thanks for joining everybody. Um, it is uh, it is a joy, a pleasure, an honor uh, to be presenting this segment here. Um, I am I'm really excited uh, for my for my prediction that nobody really cares about. Um, this week, it's brought to you by the Miami Dolphins and their continued disappointment for me, um, especially in my boy who's been done so dirty, Kilometers Gaskin. And the bet that I don't think anybody really cares about is that Kilometers Gaskin will finish outside of the top 40 running backs this season. Wow. I don't know. I think that's borderline something could somebody could care about, specifically the Miles Gaskin owner. But well, it's not me. So I, that's true. <laughs> so I don't really. Care. But yeah, Miles Gaskin. You know, obviously not the player that a lot of people were hoping he would be this season. So somewhat irrelevant. But yeah, good one. Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, you are up next. All right, mine. I'm going to go a little bit deeper. I am very interested lately in the players that have two positions. Ooh. I think they can pot potentially be a weapon. You know, you can start them in either wide receiver or running back or obviously flex. Uh, another one is uh, Jawan Johnson, Ooh. who's actually a tight end slash wide receiver. I think yes. this might be someone to add on, uh, on uh, Thomas's team, a uh, kind of a backdoor way to get himself a uh, third tight end on the roster. That'd be fun. And uh, my prediction and probably why Thomas should pick him up is that in week 10 against the Titans, he will have two touchdowns. Ooh, a very specific prediction. That is a very specific, but prediction. I just, you know, I just feel it. I think maybe he'll be motivated by going up against the God Derrick Henry in that game. And so Thomas, if you're listening, if you have by you know by trouble or injury trouble in that week, would highly highly suggest picking up Juwan, starting him as your third tight end in the wide receiver slot, you know, fulfilling a lifelong dream and also getting you know two touchdowns out of it. So. Yeah, Thomas, the tight end, strong. Let's see if he uh, if he is able to pick it, pick him up, and do it. Um, if Thomas does do that, I will lock him as my pick in the pick him that week. Bonus, high stakes. That's high stakes. Bonus stakes. That is bonus stakes. All right. Ribeyes. Okay. <laughs> um, all right. That is all we have for bets that nobody really cares about. I might have made mine too exciting. People might care about it now. Yeah, I, I kind of do care about it now. Um, but uh let's see here. Let's get let's get on over to our week seven uh predictions and matchups here. Um <laughs> Boy, this one is going to be a struggle. I think this this yes. week is probably the worst oh week of God. fantasy football projections and buys and players being on buy plus injuries that I have ever seen. I like fantasy football for my team specifically. I honestly might not be able to feel the roster between my <laughs> injuries and buys. I'm going to have to drop a guy potentially like Kenny Galladay in order to pick someone up to just fill a spot. Yep. So. Yeah, this week is crazy. I think there's like six teams on by. Obviously, there's just been tons of injuries in the last couple of weeks. It's really it's really going to be a struggle, I think, for everyone. I don't think we're going to have the production that we've seen like the last two weeks out of, out of this league. It's going to be probably one of our 
lowest scoring in history weeks, if I had to make a guess. Yeah, that is that is my guess too. Um, we have some absolute powerhouses out uh, this week. We have the yeah. Bills, the Cowboys, uh, the Jaguars have been putting up enough fantasy numbers. Fantasy They've had players. some good fantasy players. The Vikes, Steelers, and the Chargers. Yeah. Um, just I mean, just speaking from my team off the bat, I'm missing my <laughs> my my keeper level quarterback, both my starting running backs. And my tight end, who has been like tight end four on the year, yeah, of Dalton Schultz, um, and that's just just the start of it. And then you got other people on by uh, like Marvin Jones. It's it is a tough. It's a tough go, yeah. go of it. I was even struggling to like find people I could potentially just do a quick trade with because other teams also just have no one to start. So yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. You know, when, when you guys are listening to this, obviously all the waivers will have gone through. Yeah. Very curious to see what that waiver wire looks like this week, because pretty sure everybody's going to need to be picking up one guy. Yeah. It's, there's going to be a lot of claims this week for sure, but um, <laughs> it's, it's definitely going to be tough. Let's uh let's start off here with the gluten freaks versus Randy don't Randy stones. Cause we already started. Um, yeah, as I mentioned, Austin Eckler, Dalvin Cook, Josh Allen, Dalton Schultz, um, all on by. Yeah, and this is a tough one for you. Marvin Jones on by. I Emmanuel Sanders is on by. This week is once I get through this week, I feel like I'm never losing because all my guys are on by. It's it's, it's gonna be crazy. It's a good strategy to just say, you know what, this one week I'm just accepting that I'm gonna lose. And yep. then the rest of the weeks you never have more than like one guy on by. Yeah. But I'm, it really sucks in that one week. It's going to really <laughs> suck. And uh, honestly, it, I'll say, I'll say this publicly. There are a few teams in this league that I like winning against more than the others. Mm. For instance, Randy's donuts mm. for, for an example, um, winning against Snow just is, is a really fun activity. You're one of the teams that I really like winning against. Mm. Um, I will say that I think there could potentially be a future trophy for this matchup. And I think I would call it the uh, the MC Boo Award because Ooh, I both love of that. these teams very big. You know, owners are very big MCU fans. Until I met Noel, I didn't think there would ever be a bigger MCU fan than Zach. So Same. I think that you know, I think that <laughs> maybe that's a point of contention between these two great friends. Otherwise, so could be a good uh, a good rivalry going forward. Absolutely, um, I, I think that you know Noel and I have definitely have a rivalry um i will say that Noel has historically owned me in the rivalry i'm only one in four against Noel, and the first the first game i ever i and the only game i've ever beat Noel was 2018 when Noel put up his i think one of his lowest scores of all time of 51.8 oh, in 2018 in week one, in dude. week one of 2018, when the Tigan doofuses just got <laughs> obliterated. Is that when the Tigan? That was when the Tigan doofuses were born. Was that season? Was yes, that was the Tigan. Like the first two weeks, he just nailed it terrible. Yeah, exactly. Um, so it was that was that has been the only time I have been able to beat Noel in fantasy football. Yeah. I'm still riding that high. Um, so definitely something to uh, to keep in mind here. Yeah. Um, but for, for my team this week, to my credit, I will say, I think I have startable players for most of my positions here. You know, JD McKissick, assuming that Giblet is taking a week off to deal with an injury. Helpful. Great, great, helpful play. Uh, 
who is this daryl williams um daryl williams played great again yeah. and um we'll we'll have to see how how it works out um against tennessee um but definitely startable with clyde out bob trees is there uh brandon eats brandon yeah. cooks is is available um and then julio well we'll have to see uh might be <laughs> might be starting someone else yeah. in that flex position um but we'll, we'll have to see old how that bones goes. jones i think his injury was not even bone related it's hamstring He's... old old muscles jones yeah is a hamstring a muscle i think it is right? i think it is or and there's no way of knowing. Maybe. i don't know Science. brennan brennan if brennan was ever listening to the show he'd be screaming into the into the car right yeah. now he doesn't listen though yeah. um yeah i like uh you know like i said i fine. like williams on your team this week he's definitely definitely the guy i'll be watching um on uh, on the Randy's Donuts, I'm I'm watching Joe Mixon. He's put up <laughs> some good production in the last couple of weeks. I think, although Joe Mixon, I don't think has been on Zach's team in this league ever, or was very long ago. I view this as a bit of a revenge game. You know, yourself, you are one of the biggest shit talkers of Joe Mixon with myself. Yep. Uh, in this league, so I think Joe Mixon may have a little bit of extra motivation. You know, going up against the gluten freaks and. Even though you are able to at least field a decent roster this week, I just think Noel's roster is a little bit better. Oh, yeah, for uh, sure. Going into this week, so I, I'm definitely favoring Noel. Uh, as am I, this is, I think, going to be the first week uh, of the season that I'm not picking myself and pick them. Which means you will certainly win. Yes, it's a reverse <laughs> jinx for sure. He's Noel, I know Noel is a huge jinx guy, um, so oh, I'm yeah. trying to reverse jinx you, buddy. Noel, Noel believes in jinxes as if they were scientific fact. Oh yeah. Is what I've heard. I've every, I mean, everybody knows that um, for sure. Um, let's see here. Uh, our next matchup is going to be uh, the gruesome grinders versus the dog sniffers. Mm. Yes. Um, and you know, this is going to be an interesting one. I think that it is going to be very dependent to me on what um on what Antonio Gibson is able to do for this for this grinders team if Gibson is able to play advantage grinders if he's not based off the rest of this rosters just buys and injuries that's going to be a tough position to fill because yeah. Jarrell has to fill a flex position this week. As yeah. Well. And one of the guys that he could potentially be filling a spot with is Collins, but Collins may also be out. So Drew is definitely also going to be struggling to field the field the roster this week. Obviously the guys that are in for him are still very good. So I think Drew will ultimately probably come home with the W, but uh, yeah, Antonio Gibson, this is probably, you know, if buys and injuries weren't a thing, this is probably a week that you'd probably be wanting to sit Gibson anyway just because even if he is playing, you got to think that his role is going to be dialed back to try to monitor that injury. Yep. Um, so yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens with my good friend Giblet. Um, on Thomas's team, I'm, I'm watching that Arizona running back combo again, see if it, you know, it didn't do terrible for him last week, but it definitely didn't help out. So I'll be interested to see if he can get, if they can kind of take a little bit of a step up and see if that's actually a viable option for him long-term. Yeah, uh, that's definitely the, the the question here. The fact that Ronald Jones is still rostered is absolutely outrageous to me. I um, think that he might be three much sunk cost at this point. <laughs> I mean, that is that is certainly true. Good nickname suggestion for you, Thomas. Um, but the the player I'm watching here um, is is going to be 
is going to be Allen Robinson, who is making uh, a return to the starting lineup here, has not scored double digits yet this season. Um, probably the biggest, if, if Rojo wasn't a keeper, probably the biggest bust of the keeper class. Well, no, Julio is also a keeper. Um, there, this, have, there have been worse, but Allen Robinson oh, and was a is a tough one to swallow. <laughs> it's, a, it's an especially tough one to swallow for Thomas because he did trade for him from me. Yeah. Right before the season started. And obviously at this point, it's like, well, that was just not worth it. But I still believe in him. He's still a very good wide receiver. And you got to think as Jalen Hurts, you know, probably continues to develop and get better. Or sorry, Justin Fields. uh, As he continues to get better in the Bears uniform, Allen Robinson is eventually going to probably become his favorite target. So, yeah. Hopefully for Thomas's sake, it works out. But yeah, obviously at this point, Allen Robinson has been a huge disappointment. Yeah. Just based off the teams here, I think that it's going to be a tough one for the grinders, but they certainly have the ability to, to get the dub. Um, let's move on here to uh, uh, our, our joining our, our, our class of 2019 here of Tony Townsend and worse than trash. Not a very good name for this year. I will say to uh, Jackson, Jackson and Josh Polingo. Um, Najee on by, and also, James Robinson and Ezekiel Elliott on by. Uh, this is uh, without the without the top backs that have been really propping these teams up. I'm interested to see um, how this one goes. Yeah, I think both teams this week are going to have to get their production from the wide receiver spot, which both teams are not unfamiliar with doing. I mean, yep. You know, Josh obviously has Cooper Cup wide receiver one on the season, and then Tony has. Justin Jefferson, who has done pretty much exactly what everybody expected him to do this year, played very well. And then Jamar Chase, who has been surprisingly probably the front runner for offensive rookie of the year. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see if those wide receivers can make up the, uh, you know, the missed points that are inevitably going to come from the running back position with both teams having, you know, big losses to buy this week. Yeah. Um, it's, and it's definitely going to be, Interesting to watch. Uh, Tyler Lockett remains benched currently in favor of Henry Ruggs with Justin Jefferson on by. Um, you know, this could change prior to prior to kickoff here. But um, yeah, Tyler, Tyler Lockett um, has been obviously struggling since week two. Hasn't scored above uh, eight and a half points wow. since week two. Shocker. Who could have thought Who of could that? Have thought? Yeah, I mean. I mean, the other guy that I'm watching on Tony's team is his other receiver, Mike Evans, who he just traded for. Obviously, we talked about it earlier in the program, but, you know, Mike Evans theoretically should have a good game going up against the Chicago Bears defense, who's pretty good. But, you know, Tom Brady's been on one this season, and you just would expect that for Tony's sake, he's going to need Evans to go off every other week. So we'll see if it's this week, I guess. Yeah. Uh, and then for Josh's team, um, Mike Davis has been just kind a of a stinker. Boss, just kind of a stinker this year, um, which is really disappointing. I was I was big on Mike Davis. I almost drafted Mike Davis. I called that big time. You did. I did not call Scordero, but I did call Mike Davis not being good. Yes, you did. I was I was big on him. Um, I almost got him over uh, over kilometers Gaskin. I also didn't. Not also good. not good. So who would have? Or Gus, those were the three guys I was looking at. So none of them would have been good in that first round for me. But um, I'm selfishly kind of watching uh, Noah Fant this week because I'm just mad about what he did to me last week. So 
if he doesn't do this, do it again this week, like if he just has like one catch, pulls up Bob Tanyan or something, I'll be very upset. <laughs> and I'll be excited to watch that. But he sure. is like a good tight end. So I do believe that that wasn't like a super, you know, crazy performance for him. Obviously, he was very good. But I don't think it's like, you know, I don't think it would be as crazy as, you know, Bob Tanyan getting a performance like that. Yeah. For sure. Um, let's move over to our next one here of the Lock Flapstas mm. over the Imposters. Um, with, whew, I don't know, I don't know how to how to go about this one, but the guy I'm watching on the Flapstas team is Jamal Williams at the running back two position currently. Yeah, uh, stay tuned on that one. I guess <laughs> um, obviously he is not the guy that I want to be starting there. I just you know being the fantasy football you know, over-involved owner that I am. I like to set my lineup even before the waivers go through. Yeah. So we'll see. I mean, I might pick up someone else that would come back in a spot. I do like Jamal Williams. Obviously had a terrible week last week, but. uh, And playing against the Rams this week. Yeah. And playing against the Rams, which I'm, I'm giving up on the sleeper color coding of matchups because the LA Rams are green somehow, which is just not, not correct. (laughs) That is not a good matchup, (laughs) but I don't know. Um, This is a huge matchup. I think for both teams, I think, this is a big momentum game. I obviously need a win. And I think that a loss here for Lucas could really start him kind of spiraling down. So I think this is potentially even a loser, you know, loser leaves town kind of matchup. I wouldn't, I don't know if I'd be a hundred percent comfortable saying that, but I think that the winner of this matchup will probably go to the playoffs over the other team. I, I think that's a, that's a bold take here. Um, I so on Luke's team here, obviously Glass Bones has has struck again here, but I'm just the, the player I am watching uh is going to be actually not not this week, but what Lucas decides to do with his beloved Buffalo Bills defense, uh just going into into the waivers um on by will he you know, play the wire and try to get them back or who else is going to get dropped on a team that has quite frankly been hit very hard by the injury bug. <laughs> um, and, and can he afford to drop one of those uh, injured players or, or his defense? Um, I don't know, but that's, that's the, just what I'm watching this week. Um, if I'm not looking at scores, if I'm looking at scores, maybe score Daryl RB one uh, oh, yeah. comes back, but uh, we'll see about Gotta that. Gotta be watching score Daryl. Um, really bummed on my side that obviously Chubb and Hunter out and Mike Thomas is not returning from IR. So yep. just a, a flurry of bad, you know, things, bad news to hit me all of a sudden. Um, probably a little bit of like, uh, probably a little bit of karma coming my way for calling out Lucas and Noel for always talking about their injuries. I just got slammed by it all of a sudden. So I don't know. It's you it's a bummer, it. but you it's gonna it for sure. It's gonna be a tough lineup for me to fill this week. There's gonna be at least one player that's projection is like probably eight points, so it's not <laughs> gonna be great. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's move over to our game of the week. Former roommates, the Spring Chickens versus the Google team names. In I think a very much loser goes home. Oh yeah. Matchup two and four, both of them. One of them is moving to two and five. I the other like, one stays alive, uh, sort of more in my brain a little bit for this season. Yeah, if I was like 75% confident saying that about mine and Lucas's matchup, I'm like 100% about this one. Yeah. I don't think the team that loses this game can possibly make playoffs at this point. 
you know, both of them are two and four, but compared to the other two and four teams in the league, uh, you know, maybe Thomas is kind of closer, but I think Noel and myself are kind of leagues ahead, leagues ahead of both of these teams. Yep. So the winner of this matchup, I think, still is definitely not even a guarantee or in a great position to make playoffs. But I think the loser is certainly pretty much out of it at this point. Yeah. And uh, to Sam's credit, I think Sam is pretty much the only team in week seven that is not just absolutely slammed with players on by. Um, Kyler Fournette, Kamara, DJ Moore, Calvin Ridley, Josh Jacobs. That's a great starting lineup. Not even the players on his bench are on by. He has full options. Yeah. I don't think Sam has his only player on by this week is ETN who is on IR. So yeah, he has everybody, you know, everybody to pull from. And when you look at Brennan's teams, pretty much the opposite. He's one of the teams that is hit hardest by this bye week. Um, and obviously has some injuries as well, you know, with Chris Carson. So you got to think the team, you know, the team names pull this one out, but I don't know. Brennan's team has that, that boom potential and he could get hot and just, you know, get lucky with some of the players that he puts in. So you never know until, until it's over, but I'd definitely be favoring Sam this week. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, it absolutely is favoring Sam this week. Uh, right now, uh, RB two here is Calamers Gaskin. We've talked about how disappointing the Miami situation is on this program, but also missing Dak Prescott. It's going to be a tough, it's going to be a tough go of it here um, for, for the spring chickens. Hopefully uh, I I know both these teams have already started. I think uh, thinking towards what a rebuild looks like um, trying to follow the the steps of the uh, esteemed Tony Townsend, Um, the king of rebuilds, the king of rebuilds. Um, and you know, I think that this week is going to be the, the week that decides which one of them is going to be almost forced into that rebuild mm-hmm. mode. Um, even if they didn't want I would, to, I would warn against that strategy though. I do not think that one is going to be one that's replicated again, where a team commits yeah. so heavily to the rebuild, but also avoids the punishment, avoids the punishment. And it also nearly makes the playoffs last season. Yeah. So I know I, I still will never be able to understand how Tony pulled that off. Um, so I would not implore either of those teams to do that. But, oh God. Oh no. But yeah. tanking in this league would be bad. Although I would love to see either of these guys back up on the stage. Um, I don't think, I think once you do the stand up once, I don't think you can select that as the punishment again, in my opinion. Ooh. I, I, think, I know that's not an official rule. I so. think that that's a good rule. I, I, you're right. I would love to see Sam's uh, calendar shoot. Uh, oh yeah. Speaking of Thomas, get your shit together. If we don't get at least some proof that this calendar is in progress by next week, I think we need to have a little session of Commissioner Eichten pulling out the gavel and throwing down some justice on Thomas for not delivering on his not COVID relevant punishment that he yes. has not done yet. So Correct. I, I know we talked a big game about being very strict on the punishments, making sure it had to happen before the next season started. Obviously, that has not happened. We've heard that Thomas is working on it, but I think unless we see some proof, you know, we're going to have to have something happen because otherwise this is just going to be a thing every year. And the next thing we know, we're just not going to have a punishment. So. Yeah. And that ruins the vibe. So Thomas, get that in. Um, but uh, let's, you know, wrap this, wrap this baby up. Um, definitely going to be an interesting week, week seven. Um, and we'll get back to Hopefully some uh, more high-scoring games uh, come week eight. But until then, we will catch you next time.